I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. Today is March 11th and it might seem like the WNBA free agency period is done, but it's not and everybody learned that important lesson this past week. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash Winsider. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at winsider.com. That's winsider.com. Are you looking to get tickets for the upcoming WNBA season? Thanks to our sponsor, TickPick, you don't have to worry. The original no-fee ticket site and official ticketing partner of the WNBA champion, Chicago Skies. Use the link tickpick.com backslash winsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com backslash W-I-N-S-I-D-R. Rachel, this past week, we've had some troubling news, some exciting news, um, and more exciting news happen in the the sphere of the WNBA. Um, we want to talk about this next topic because it's important, because it's a uh, it's I wouldn't say breaking news, but it is the one of the bigger stories in the WNBA right now, unfortunately. It is a horrible situation. Uh, news broke out this past week that Brittany Griner was arrested in Russia um, just after landing in Russia for supposedly having uh, THC vape cartridges in her bag. We're not going to get into that. We don't care about the legal aspects of it. All we will say is that we pray and hope uh, for Brittany Griner's quick, quick, quick freedom and return to America as soon as possible. Um, but the the interesting aspect, and I and I bridge to this aspect of the story because I feel like it needs to be discussed, even though everybody, to many degrees, is trying to. I don't know, approach this with a lot of caution. And I understand why. It's an extremely complicated and tricky situation. Um, I've seen reports from people saying we shouldn't be talking about this publicly. We shouldn't be making it into a huge deal because that gives Russia more of uh, political leverage in this. I've seen other people say this needs to be the most talked about thing in the world right now. Um, I understand both aspects of that. I just feel that as a WNBA podcast that talks about the nitty gritty, you know, the ins and outs, the honest and critical conversations about this, there is an aspect that I haven't seen much talked about recently. And I understand why, but I do think it's something we should discuss, Rachel. And that's just the simplest fact of she may be here for the season. She may not. Obviously, everybody wants her here for the season. The WNBA is a better place with Brittany Griner in the league. And even if she decides she doesn't want to be in the league, she should be able to make that decision on her own and not because she's imprisoned um, in a repressive country like Russia. So real briefly, Rachel, uh, that's my opening remarks rant. I don't want to downplay this. And I feel like I've said that a lot, but there is an interesting aspect of, of what this Mercury team is with Brittany Griner on it and what they are without Brittany Griner. Um, to be quite blunt, she was an MVP caliber 
candidate last year. I think she finished second in voting. Um, she is the face of the franchise right now. And with the uncertainty, you know, they, they put all the chips in signing Tina Charles, even though I'm pretty critical of that signing. But with that move, um, I think as a Phoenix Mercury fan, you feel a little bit more confident just in the sense of if Brittany Griner isn't able to play this year, at least you have Tina Charles. Um, Rachel, I have talked for far too long. What's your thoughts about, you know, this team with Brittany Griner, this team without Brittany Griner and, and what that does to their uh, ability of the season? Well, I just, it's hard to, before I jump into the team aspect of it, like I just, it's been so just shocking this entire situation. Um, I, I still just can't even believe that this is reality and I just keep anyone who brings it up to me or if, if we talk about it in passing or if I, you know, hear someone or if I'm with someone, it's, and it gets brought up. It's just so shocking to me. And my heart and prayers go out to Brittany Griner and her family. And the situation is just incomprehensible um, across the board. Um, I And no one has the answers. No one, no one, you know, like this is so much more than basketball. And the, the level of how scary this is, is it almost makes me want to start crying, to be honest with you. But um, I agree with you. You know, I, I, I think that this has got to be you know, talked about, we've got to talk, it's got to be talked about on every angle because you know what, if this was, if this was, you know, <laughs> one of the greatest male players in the world, professional athlete, if this was LeBron James, if this was someone else, you know, this would be all over everything. I mean, you know that, you know that yep. to be true. This would not be downplayed oh, yeah. in any facet. So I can understand why this was kept under, under wraps for a certain amount of time. Um, I, I definitely, do not have the answers in terms of, you know, how the team or the league or anyone even above far beyond them um, decided to handle this. It's just, it's really scary. And I just hope to God that, you know, we get some good news here soon. Uh, but I agree with you. I, I do think that it has to be talked about from the implications of on the court, because that's what we do. You know, this is, that's what we do is, 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 you know, analysts That's what we do is people who cover this league and, um, best case scenario, Brittany Griner comes home today. Worst case scenario, I, I don't even want to think about that. You know. Well, also, I mean, another aspect of that, Rachel, that hearing you say that just now made me think of is there's also the possibility that Brittany Griner comes home and is, you know, distraught, understandably, from this experience and decides to take the season off. Um, yeah. And I don't think anybody can blame her for that. The the. The crazy part about all of this, in my opinion, I mean, there's so many aspects. and I know we're not going to go down this rabbit hole of all the different craziness is like she it, I mean, there's articles that have been written about how, oh, if the WNBA paid the players better, she wouldn't have to go do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's making millions overseas, from my understanding. Um, and I, I just think it's crazy because like she must have gone in and out of the airports probably flying charter a good amount of times, but like Brittany Griner has been playing overseas for so many years mm -hmm. and you know, uh, whatever I'm, I'm, I'm like tempting myself to go an oligarch probably owns the team. You know what I mean? Like, and probably 
in a different time period would have just been like would have known the right people to I don't want to say pay off or whatever, but like whatever. Sorry, I'm going down the rabbit hole. I promised I wouldn't. There's so much to it. How how let's get back yeah. to the team. I think I think where if, do you think if, if, it pushes? I think them? if you're Phoenix, you have to prepare for um, you know, the worst and expect the best. You know, you you have to cover your bases across the board here. That everything is unknown. This is day to day at this point. You know, and so we're, we're how many months away from the season, you know, two months or whatever it might be. We're a month away from the draft. Um, if you're the team, you know, there's still time here to hopefully figure things out. But I, if I'm Phoenix, I'm looking at the team we've built and, and kind of our intention here. Obviously, obviously, Brittany Griner is drastically changes any team night and day from her presence. I mean, she, this is an MVP caliber player and the way she has been playing at this point in her career, that does change the dynamic of a team. Obviously I'm not sa- telling anyone anything they don't know, but I think if you are Pittman and, 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 you know, you guys are trying to sit there and figure out what are we doing moving forward? You know, you have to, you got to prepare for all angles of this. And that, that means taking in as much Intel as you can get every single day, because it's a complete unknown right now. And I think we saw a little bit of that with the training camp contract of Christina Inigwe, which was signed yesterday. Um, You know, whether that was a reactive thing or that was in the plan, I mean, who knows, but you know, I think that, when the when the team well Pittman knows Pittman come on the and show then when and tell the team us. didn't no, announce no. it and maybe they have by now I haven't seen I thought that was interesting so you know I I think that um this is so far beyond basketball and so far beyond like even anyone close to our level of comprehension but I think it you know if you're Phoenix you you have to take it day by day um try to you know what what is Plan B what is Plan C what is Plan D. Um, because who knows, you know, you, you, you have to leave the opportunity for her to be there, uh, but also prepare for the worst case scenario for the team, which would be to not. And that's just the unfortunate reality that we're at. No one has the answers right now. Yeah. And, and I will say like a super, super interesting aspect, just if you look at, you know, the, the current roster, the makeup of this team right now, it gets really, really interesting just in the in the sense of this, if you remember two years ago in the bubble, Brittany Griner goes leaves the bubble at one point for personal reasons, um, and the team actually did much better. But at that time, they had uh, I'm blanking on her name, um, Kia Stokes. Sorry, not Kia Stokes, Kia Vaughn. Um, they had Kia Vaughn to fill that hole. Currently, they do not have her on roster. So an interesting aspect is having those you know, the bigger name players, right? Mm-hmm. Having a, a, sorry, not a bigger name, but a bigger body, a big, a true big. Um, So I, I mean, that's why they brought on uh, Anigwe, like you mentioned, but I do think an interesting aspect is now that you have Tina Charles in there, it does give you a little bit more leeway, right? Like losing right. Brittany Griner is a little bit less of a big deal because they have Tina Charles and because um they have uh, uh, uh Brianna Turner. Mm-hmm. And so because you have those players, you do have at least a serviceable, you know, front court that puts them in a very different, very different situation if they don't have Tina Charles. That, that's all I'm trying to say. And, and I think we've kind of <laughs> beaten this topic over. But let's talk about uh, the other big news that kind of awoken to everyone and said, hey, WBA teams are not done making moves until the draft is here. Um, the Wings and the Fever, the Indiana Fever and the Dallas Wings 
throw it down with a trade. Dallas got Tierra McCowan and the seventh overall selection in the 2022 draft and the Chicago Skies first round selection in the 2023 draft. The Fever got two first round selections, the fourth and the sixth in this year's 2022 draft and uh, the first round, the Dallas Wings first round selection in the 2023 draft. So really interesting move here because essentially, you know, I I think one of the criticisms that we've seen, and I think it's the right criticism of Indiana of recent, is them moving on too soon off of these these draft picks. And what's happening right now is they moved another one. And and specifically with Tierra McCowan, she's a player that everyone was kind of freaking out throughout her career. Like, why aren't you playing her more? Why aren't you playing her more? Why aren't you playing her more? And she's shown some bright spots. And to move her, like, I understand why Dallas would want to do it. I understand Indiana might want to be doing it um, for the the salary cap aspect because after next year, or after this coming season, she's probably due for a much of an upgrade cap-wise. Um, what was your reaction to it? Do you think there's a clear winner, a clear loser? I know when it comes to draft picks, there's kind of that gray area. Uh, wh- where was your mind, Rachel, when you heard this trade went down? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've been so, <laughs> I've been a little bit removed from the, um, the free agency stuff. I mean, not because, not, not because I didn't think, you know, a trade or, or things would continue to go down, but you know, my time has really been, I've really dove into these conference tournaments. <laughs> so I haven't spent a ton of time analyzing it. I, I was a little bit surprised, you know, but I guess with the Indiana Fever at this point, I'm not really surprised by anything. I kind of look at it as like a complete demolition at this point. So anything that takes place just kind of falls along those lines. I mean, I think McCowan, you know, I mean, I, I, I definitely am a McCowan fan. She's that imposing size and that rim protection that I think, you know, obviously is very rare to find. Um, you know, I don't know that there's... I think I have the same kind of reaction as other people. There was kind of question marks of, well, like, why? What's the point of this? I still, I'm still kind of caught up on the, like, Indiana didn't really give this a chance type of thing. Um, And there were so many times last season where it was like, why isn't she playing more minutes? Or, you know, there were really question marks surrounding that. And is it, is it, is it, is it, whose fault is that? You know, is it something, you know, you, you would only understand if you were within the practice and in the course of a season. Um, whereas, you know, Indiana got the look they wanted to at her and they decided, Hey, this is not the direction we want to go. She's not the type of player, you know, we thought this would end up being, if that's the case, then this is a win for Indiana. Um, but I think as fans and as people on the outside, I'm looking at McCowan and I still feel like, there's such a ceiling and there's so much more that we can see from her. Um, obviously she brings things to Dallas that they don't have <laughs> from a true rim protection standpoint. Like they, they, they went and got one of those, you know, from an imposing size at the rim. So I kind of like it for Dallas. Um, I, I think it's been kind of funny to see like the kind of the, the comments going around about oh, I have a rebounder, you know, for all the, the, <laughs> the high, uh, high number shots that, that are going to take place. But I, I do think that um, I like the move for Dallas. Um, it, it It's something they don't have. It's a good piece that you can kind of build around and she gets to kind of go home. So, I mean, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, 
I don't really have any other thoughts than that, other than this is a, just a massive demolition from the fever. They're positioning themselves to be a lottery team for the coming years. You know, we, we can talk about um, Aaliyah Boston. We can talk about all sorts of, you know, these, these high caliber level players that are coming down the pike the next couple of years. You know, are you positioning yourself to kind of be in, in a shot to, you know, build your franchise? But, you know, this is, this is going to end up being just years in the making for Indiana um, at this point. And, you know, I, I guess she, I just want to, I just want to run down some Tierra McCowan stats. Cause, cause hearing you talk about like, okay, she started 49 games out of her career, 88 games, right? Yeah, this is a good idea. She last year started the most games out of her career, 23 games. Um, she f- averages 23 minutes a game throughout her three seasons mm-hmm. in this league. Mm-hmm. She's shooting just north of uh, 50%. Uh, as she should. Overall, as she should. Mm-hmm. Her free throw percentage needs to get better. Uh, she's averaging 68%. She's averaging 10 points a season, uh, right around nine rebounds um, a game. I, it's, sorry, 10, 10 <laughs> points a game over three seasons. Um, <laughs> 10 points a season. Um my, I agree with you on this. I think the super interesting aspect, Rachel, is when I look at this uh, Indiana Fever roster, I kind of go, okay, maybe I'm missing something, but why did you pick, you know, Tiffany Mitchell, Kelsey Mitchell over uh, Tierra McCown? That, that's essentially my whole thing. And and may, some people are much more hyped on Kelsey Mitchell than I am. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like you had two young players who play opposite, you know, the bookends basically for your starting five and you, you move on too quickly in my opinion. Like you just moved on too quickly. I like what Dallas is doing. I mean, now Dallas is going to have the tough situation of most likely in my opinion, dumping Charlie Collier. Um, because you just look, they have what Izzy, you got to walk, you got Charlie and you got Bella. And then you add in, uh, McCowan and and that's just too many bigs someone's got to go um, and I don't know I mean I guess I, I it was one of those moves that you just kind of sit back and you're like huh, it, it, huh. It, I agree I, I think I think the, the more you talk about it the more you think okay Dallas Dallas won this um, I, what I think is insane is the fever now own the number two, the number four, the number six, and the number 10 overall selections in the first round of this year's draft, which is wild to me. Um, will there be more moves? I mean, there's obviously, obviously anything is possible. I think, I think it's entirely possible. This could be a move that tees up another move. Um, you know, I, I think that that is to be determined, but if, if it holds as is, that's wild to me, you know, to see four of those first round picks all going to Indiana, um, you know, and I, and there's some talent. I mean, you know, you look at number two, who can you get there? It's going to end up being um, Ryan Howard or Melissa Smith, you know, then at number four, you know, you, you potentially have, you know, a shot at looking at someone like even Shakira Austin. I don't think she'll fall that far to four, but you know, there, there's, I don't know. They they can really, they've really, pos- it, I, this was clearly about the picks for the fever. If it stays as is, they feel so strong. Well, so that, but Rachel, you're, you're the genius NCAA <laughs> computer mind over here. No, talk to me like it. All right. We've seen uh, last year. No one wanted the number one pick. I mean, it was like hot potato. 
um, leading up to the draft. I guess my question for you is, is, does this draft have the depth that these picks can truly, I understand like any draft, there's a gamble to it. Right. But is this draft good enough that we can sit here and go, okay, they're at least, you know, with those four picks in the first round, they're at least looking to get two good players that will have immediate impacts on this team. Or are we sitting there saying they're hoping that they hit a home run with one of their picks because, and maybe this is wrong. And maybe with the whole GM change um, from Tamika to Lynn Dunn, things are, are a little bit different, but I would argue that, you know, the Indiana fever historically have not been like, I will go, I will die on the hill of the only reason Indiana fever won a championship or were considered one of those good teams for a period of time was because Tamika catchings just carried this team through thick and thin. And so like to sit here and go, Oh, we can bring, we're bringing back Lynn Dunn. We're going to do so much better. I haven't gone and looked at her drafting track record. Um, but I just find it humorous. If you've been following the W to say that like, Indiana won this trade by getting more draft picks when essentially they've, you know, cleared the boat of all their recent draft picks, except Kelsey. Mitchell. Again, and, and we're, we're assuming that it stays as is, you know, and if the motivation truly yeah. behind this was four picks and, and owning <laughs> really this draft, this draft class, you know, you've, you've secured yourself an opportunity to have either Ryan Howard or Noissa Smith. After that, you know, there is a shot of, um, you know, Shakira Austin out of Ole Miss, who I'll talk about, I just came back from SEC tournament, was phenomenal to watch. Um, But then you go down the list, you know, Nas Hillman out of Michigan is an absolute, like, I love her. This undersized post that's just an absolute workhorse that gets it done. But then you you go down the list, you have Alyssa Kunain, you have Sabali out of Oregon, who's not talked about enough. I don't know for sure. Maybe they've announced it. I don't know whether she's actually going to return to Oregon or enter this draft, but she has a massive ceiling as well. Um, Ray Burrell, Destiny Henderson out of South Carolina, Ashley Jones, Iowa State, Lorella Kubai out of Georgia Tech. She's another one I personally love just her defensive tenacity um, and her, her experience out on the court has been phenomenal to watch. Um, and, you know, even, and then we get into like some of the Louisville players. Emily Angstler is phenomenal on the defensive end of the floor, and and she can do things that really you look at her and and you don't quite understand. Like, there's really no one else that she can be compared to in this draft. She's she's just a beast in certain aspects and has such great instincts. And you have Kiana Smith, so you have the ability to get kind of that that lottery pick talent. And then you have a, an, a, a like Veronica Burton, you know, if, if, if you feel like, okay, we need to get more depth at the point guard spot, you could go get, you know, you could look at Destiny Henderson or you could look at Burton at a, at a Northwestern who is phenomenal to watch. Um, and then you can add shooting. There's, there's some really good um, sharp shooting talent in this draft, you know, so you could kind of add that versatility aspect all in that first round, you know, when then maybe you decide to go with another, another size element to it with, with kind of that other pick. So, I mean, it is kind of exciting to look at if you're Indiana, but then obviously how did these players pan out? Um, you know, and then, and then that, that, that poses the question in the future, are we going to continue this trend of moving away from our draft picks? Because it's kind of almost comical at this point, but you know, it, it, this is a crucial time in fever, franchise history and I just can't help but think okay we're just blowing it up and we're just going to try to rebuild it from here on out um starting with this draft and if if it holds as is with four I mean part of me will be shocked but 
you can add some really talented, versatile pieces in that first round that, that I personally have been studying really hard these last few months. Plug that, plug that article. Oh, yeah. Um, I wrote a piece of 50, um, top 50 draft prospects. It took a long time. It was really, I've really enjoyed it because it's helped me, you know, I'm always watching college basketball from all levels, but to, to look at kind of these players and, and, and come up with such a comprehensive board, I did it with just women's sports. So just a shameless plug for that. I'm sure some of you guys had a chance to look at it. I've already began working on updates on it um, as I just got back from the SEC tournament. So yeah, if anybody wants kind of a comprehensive look at, you know, I can't add everyone and it became really difficult with the COVID year. Who's going to return? Who's not going to return? So, you know, obviously everyone's, someone's going to be upset because they weren't added or someone that they, they, they love wasn't added, but um, I'm looking to make revision revisions and update that, you know, cause we get, go on through these conference tournaments and into the NCAA. But if you just kind of want a, a good starting point and who to watch and who these GMs are watching and who they're, they've been following the last five, four or five months, um, that's a really good resource to do that. Oh, I would say that, you know, maybe I'm hyping you up a little bit too much, but you know, you, you, you family, so I'll do it. Um, but, uh, I kind of, it makes me think of anybody who's ever watched Friday night lights. There's that, like that scout who makes his list of like the top 50 players in high school football and how all the colleges are so obsessed with them, blah, blah. That's essentially what Rachel just did. She put together a list and, let it be known, like if you're a young basketball player coming into college or in college, you should be blowing up Rachel's phone, getting yourself on that list uh, oh God, because that don't. list please can help don't. your career. <laughs> no, <laughs> please don't. Putting you in the hot seat, everybody. Rachel's number oh. is no. Um, but seriously, I I think I love that you did that. I think it's very important, and it's important for WNBA fans. It's important for uh, women's basketball players around the world. Um, to see that and and to get to know each other's names. But, you know, something that you were touching on, Selection Sunday is Sunday. I'll let you talk about that in a moment. Um, we have a new mock draft coming out on winsider.com this weekend, so get excited. I know we got some great um, feedback on our mock draft 1.0. Now we're on 2.0, and I think there'll be one, possibly two more, uh, before we actually see the WNBA draft. But something exciting that I want to drop um, – you know, some breaking news. Dun, 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 dun. Something I'm excited that we're doing this year is the Winsider NCAA Bracket Challenge. The top five place people will win a variety of prizes that include some merch from Breaking Tea and Homage, along with Winsider merch and or Patreon subscriptions for an allotted period of time. Uh, I'm very excited about it. It's something that we've never done before, but also just a big shout out to Breaking Tea and Homage. You can purchase their gear at breakingt.com backslash winsider. That's breaking and the letter t.com backslash winsider. And then at homage.com backslash winsider. That's h o m a g e.com backslash winsider. Wait, do I get to do it? Yeah, you can do it. It's, it's oh, sorry. I didn't, yes. I, I messed this up. Uh, we're, we're, we're placing it as kind of like beat the pros. Now I'm definitely not a pro, but I will be doing it. Um, it's free to enter. So don't worry about that. But basically, um, yeah, I mean, beat the Windsider staff, see if you can do it. Um, and shout out to, uh, the, the amazing companies that are helping us put this on. If you don't win, if you do win, if you want to get something else, um, just so you know, you will be able to pick if you are one of those winners who wins shirts, 
um, from those companies, you will be able to pick which shirt you want as long as it is from their WNBA collections. So keep that in mind. Now, Rachel, I know you've been in person to watch some college basketball games all season, but specifically recently. Talk to me about that. Yeah, and I just got back from the SEC tournament, which was an absolute blast. I, I have not been able to be in any conference tournament or Final Four for feels like forever. So so good to be back in person. If anyone out there has been to um, an SEC, SEC tournament in person, man, you, you understand like how electric the environment is and, and how fun it is to really be there. And, and I went for a number of reasons. Um, but the biggest was was to get an opportunity to look at some of these top uh, draft prospects in person. There's just things you pick up on in person and evaluating and scouting um, that is opposed to watching um, at home. There's benefits and, and there's pros and cons to both. But yeah, I, I had an absolute blast. It was in Nashville, which doesn't hurt anything. Um, but obviously Kentucky went on to just on this absolute fairytale run, um, went in 10, 10 games go on to beat number one South Carolina in the championship game of the SEC tournament. It was absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't seen that yet, you're obviously living under a rock. But it was um, – I always – I always – I I just I, – I love the SEC. It's probably one of the, the conferences that I watch the most of because of the level of talent um, and, and just um, – how highly uh, regarded, you know, the competition there, some of these players. It was, it was so fun to see Aaliyah Boston, Shakira Austin, Ryan Howard um, in person and, and watch them compete against one another, Destiny Henderson. I mean, there were so many uh, potential draft picks there that, you know, just to watch them play on that stage. And, and you know, there was – I would say I saw nearly every WNBA franchise there, um, I, I want to say 10. 10 of them they're in person at one point or another obviously they're doing the same thing for their for draft night trying to trying to decide what's the best decision for them so it's just a really fun environment I just I would if anyone ever gets a chance to go um again I I wish I could be 10 places at once the the, the unfortunate thing is they have SEC Big Ten all these other uh um, ACC going on at the same time (laughs) so you can really only um as a media member you know cover cover one at a time but um really enjoyed it just was really fun to see. I was really impressed with Shakira Austin. Um, you know, at six five, her physicality, her size. It's one thing to watch it on TV, but to see it in person. And she went off one night. Like I think she had twenty seven points, like thirteen rebounds, and um, just you see the ceiling and the potential with her. She she's still you know learning the game. Her skill set is still expanding, and so you just kind of see like okay. If I'm a WNBA GM, you know, or head coach, I'm looking at her like, okay, what could what could she bring to the league, you know, with a few years of development and and even even right away. But obviously, we could talk about Ryan Howard. She was she's so good. She is so good. And I have and I have been constructively critical of her at times and and really seen where Kentucky has been. Um, you know, they struggled a lot this season and and then but to go see her compete on that stage and lead her team to a championship is legendary status. And she's so good. Um, and then obviously Elia Boston, she's the best player in the country and, and how imposing she is. And, and she's, she's only going to continue to get better too. So um, just, that, that's just a few of my thoughts. And again, I, I, I would highly recommend if, if anyone get, gets a chance to go, please, please, by all means do it. You'll love it. And, and something that I, you know, we'll save this for a different episode because we've talked about this off air a lot. Um, the whole, uh, 
well, I'll, I'll tease it. The whole idea of bigs and guards playing in college and that skill set and domination transferring to the pros, I think is such an interesting topic. I know you hate me for bringing this up, but we got to talk about it at some point. Like, is Aaliyah Boston going to be the next Sylvia Fowles? It, you know what I mean? Like, and, and when I say that, I'm only saying that because of the record she broke, but more so like so often, I feel like a lot of the top players coming through the draft or a lot of players who perform extremely, extremely well in college are the bigs who just have size. Maybe physically they're more grown, like, you know, uh, hand-eye coordination, things like that than some of the other players. But now you're going up against the pros. And I'm always so curious, like, is there a, and we'll have to talk to agents, uh, you know, GMs, coaches, everything in between um, for this topic, because I just think I want to figure out is there a bigger gap between guard play in college and the pros, or is there a bigger gap between big play between the college and the pros? And I think that's a whole episode that we could do. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll bring multiple guests on. We'll do it for a Patreon exclusive. Um, so everyone should become a Patreon subscriber, or maybe we'll do it for uh, you normal listeners. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. I, I remember why I, I think in order to kind of like just a quick, just a quick thought from watching that or from your, your initial response there. You know, I remember, and this was this was a while ago. Was not in this role, but Sylvia Faust watching her at LSU and just feeling this level of like, oh my god, that. And again, I was a center. I was a, I was a post player, so I was right around the same time. You know, in college, and I remember thinking that is my absolute worst nightmare <laughs> <laughs> to go against Sylvia Faust. You know, I, I had that feeling of like this daunting, holy shit oh my God, you know, who, who is this? And I hope to God I never, you know, and, and I will say, you know, that that was a while ago, but, but to, to that, that feeling that I felt watching Sylvia Fowles at that time in LSU, you get the same feeling when you're in person watching Leah Boston. So, um, and she's already setting the world on fire with the double, double records. And, and I mean, she has all the potential in the world to have an absolute dominant WNBA career. Well, I'm excited to see it and uh, to, to debate this more with you because, you know, if you have an opinion on something, typically I want to disagree <laughs> and make you prove your opinion right. That's uh, uh-huh. that's how I twist it. Well, thanks, Rachel, for this episode as always. Hang on, oh. hang on, hang on. We got we to gotta plug when Selection Oh, yeah, Sunday I forgot is. about Don't that. Forget. Plug that away. Yes, Selection Sunday. This Sunday, March 13th, 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Um, super excited. Obviously we have, we have gone away from selection Monday. It is now Sunday. So I have to imagine everyone watching and listening or whoever, everyone are, is very much aware of this, but just want to make sure, um, it is Sunday, no longer Monday and 7 PM Eastern time on on ESPN. And you know me, I will be locked into March madness nonstop for the next month. <laughs> yeah. Which stinks for me. Cause I'm just gonna be talking about WNBA. No, I'm going to be, it's great for me. Cause I'm going to be blowing up your phone. Like what game should I watch? Who should I watch? What should I do? Um, exactly. This is exactly. the year that Rachel like puts me on uh, Do Not Disturb because I just blow her up phone so much. <laughs> um, but we appreciate you as always. And to our listeners, thank you so much. If anybody listening wants to sponsor an episode or something else regarding Winsider, email us info at winsider.com. Have a great weekend and we'll speak to you soon.